everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 590. Today we're going to take a look at Not Alone. This is a new game that's coming out from Stronghold Games. This is a very, very different game. I'll just jump in and say it. This is a one versus many style game. So if you think of like Descent or Fury of Dracula, one person's playing the Overlord or Dracula and the rest of the players are trying to defeat that player. Now this is a similar type of thing where one player is playing a planet and all the other players, up to six other players, can uh, try to not be assimilated by the planet waiting for the rescue ship to arrive. And it's all done through card play and deduction and kind of bluffing. So it's a very, very different and unique game. It really is not like any other game that I have ever played, I don't think. It just loosely reminds me of, like say, Fury of Dracula. So it's kind of like you could say it's Fury of Dracula the card game, but actually the players are the ones trying to avoid the overlord or the planet in this case, as opposed to trying to catch, you know, Mr. X or Dracula or whatever. So let's jump in and take a look at how it plays and then I'll tell you what I think of it. Okay, here's everything that you get in the game. You get some cards laid out here. Each player will start with a hand and they all start with the exact same hand one, two, three, four, five. And these are various locations that the players will visit and take whatever action that they have. So everybody starts off with the exact same hand. And then in the center of the table somewhere, you're gonna place this board. Now this is a double-sided board. This is arguably the more difficult side. So I'll just leave it on this side. Now the player's pawn, the little party, is gonna be represented by this. We're gonna start this on the seven because say we have seven total players, including the planet itself. So you're gonna put that one on the seven. If you have five players, you'd put it there. Now the planet has their little assimilation marker here. They're gonna also put that on this side of the board equal to the number of players. Now the object of the game, if you are the players or the stranded party, is to try to get your marker to this space. And likewise, the planet wants to get their marker to this space. So you're trying to assimilate them before they get rescued is basically what that means. Now down here, we have all of the locations on the planet. And if you've been paying close attention, you'll know that these five cards are the same that the players all start with. Now these cards here, numbered six through 10, the players don't have access to those locations just quite yet. So the players are doing on their turn to try to pick a location here in these first five to begin with to visit and then also execute the special ability. And the planet is effectively trying to catch them or snag them and deactivate that location for that turn. And also by doing so, they'll start to move this assimilation marker down. Now each player also starts off with these three cubes and these are will cubes. And whenever they get caught, they're gonna to start to lose these cubes. And if they ever, lose all three cubes, they'll be able to take them back and kind of reset their hand of cards, uh, but then this assimilation marker will move another step even further. Now above the board here, you'll see these stacks of the six through 10 cards. The number of cards available there will vary based on the number of players, but this is the pool that players will pull from when they want to get access to these other locations. Not only will that make it a little trickier to hunt them down and find them, because there'll be more variety of places for folks to go, but they give you access to better, cooler abilities. Now these three tokens here, and these are for the planet player to use. They'll always make use of this token here and this Artemis token and target token can only be activated by uh, use of cards typically. Now once the player's marker gets down here, then the creature can then activate this Artemis token 
every round. But there's also two other decks of cards. Now the players will start off with one card drawn from this deck. And this will give you a cool kind of special ability that you can use. You can tell, see which phase it's used in and it gives you the ability there and you just play it during the phase. You can only ever play one of these cards uh, per turn. Uh, and there are ways to, of course, draw more of these over the course of the game. Now, the creature, this is their deck of cards. They get three cards, usually, in their hand, and they can also play uh, one of these on their turn, and sometimes you can play more. And these are dastardly effects that they can do. So typically what a creature is going to be doing is they'll be placing their creature token and then possibly a card to play, which may, as you can see, activate uh, those other tokens there. You can see that is indicated there. So a turn is very, very simple, and each player is going to get one of these player aids. You're going to do four phases, and then on the back side here, it gives you the sort of the basic actions for each of the different creature tokens there. But effectively, the first thing that each player is going to do is choose a card, and then we're all going to put it down face down there. And then once everybody selects a card, then the creature is going to try to guess or deduce possibly uh, where they went. So maybe the creature says, you know what, I think you're all going to go to the beach. And then, haha, we reveal our cards and none of us went to the beach. Or maybe we all went to the beach and that was really bad. So then we're going to activate around the table, uh, one at a time, all the effects that went off. But of course, uh, this effect here is now blocked because the creature's there, it's visited, and has possibly uh, captured anybody that was there. Usually you can do all that simultaneously, but as players start to get new cards, uh, the turn order does come into play, maybe about halfway through the game. So you do want to keep an eye on that. Now after you have executed the effect of the card, let's say we played the river card, we're going to go ahead and discard that in front of us. And then maybe on the next turn we went to the beach. And then after that we went to the, ro the rover and so on. Now you can, with some of the cards here, we'll look at the one and the two here, this allows you to take the cards back into your hand. So if you go to the jungle, it says take back to your hand this place card and one place card from your discard pile. So you can get that to recover a card plus itself. And then the really nice one here is the layer. This is the creature's layer here. And it says, take back to your hand the place cards from your discard pile or copy the power of the place where the creature token, boom, right there, was. Now, you lose one extra will if you're caught by the creature in one. So you gotta be a little bit careful there. It's not a great thing, because it's just getting you back all your cards, which is good, but you're not you know, doing anything to kind of move your rescue marker any further. Now you can, before you select your card to place uh, face down, you can give up some tokens here. So if you get really kind of stuck, you can give up one of your will tokens voluntarily to pull back two cards, or you can give up two will tokens to pull back four of your cards. Now the other thing you can do is you can also uh, give up. So you can take back all of your will tokens from the supply back up to three, pick up all the cards that you've played, but when you do that you're going to move the creature token down automatically one space. Now the other thing that's going to happen is if let's say we had played a four here and the creature had caught us, then we're going to discard the four and nothing's going to happen, we're going to automatically lose a will token and then the assimilation marker again is going to move down. Now if there were multiple people that went to the same spot, it's not going to move down one for each. It's just if they caught one person, it moves down, but everybody is going to lose a will. Now if somebody loses their last will, these are going to go away and then that will also trigger the assimilation marker to move down. So if, if people start to lose all of their will, that's going to add a bonus to that. 
Now, as I said, the creature has access to these other tokens as well, and these will get changed up by the card play, but the one here, the Artemis token, uh, if you go to the spot as the Artemis token, you're not going to lose will, you're not going to move the assimilation token, but you're, it's going to deactivate the spot, and you're going to have to discard an extra place card from your hand, so you're going to lose your hand a little bit. So that's just as bad almost. Now, the Hunt token here, uh, this one has a various different effects based on the card that has been played. It won't actually deactivate the location. You can still take that, but you can also instead, if you want, pick up one of your place cards and put it back into your hand if you go to this spot here. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, what the cards do. We talked about these. These will kind of bring old cards back into your hand. Uh, this number three spot is pretty interesting. This will allow you to basically skip this turn and then on your next turn choose two cards and then decide which one to use based on you know where the creature's going. So that's pretty cool. And then let's take a closer look here at the beach. So when somebody goes to the beach, and it doesn't matter how many people go, you're only going to be able to actually execute the action once. Let's say three people go, we're going to go ahead and move that just onto the beach card. Then on a following turn, if one or more people go to the beach, then we're going to move it off the beach. Now every time it moves off the beach, we're going to move this marker down. So it's always going to be kind of a two-turn process to be able to move this down. Now I should mention, I didn't mention it earlier, this is always going to move down one spot at the end of every round as well. Now next here is the rover card, and this is how we get here the 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 cards into our hand. You can only get uh, one card that you, you don't already have. So if I go here, I can get the 6 card into my hand. I can't get any more copies of that. But it does behoove the players to get a variety of those cards as well, and those cards are really good. Because once you get access to more locations, it's going to be that much more difficult for the creature uh, to catch people. Because at the beginning, you've only got the five different places. You're probably not going to go to one or two in the first round. So you really have three spots that you're going to go to as the players, and the creature's going to catch somebody early on. But as the game starts to move along, the locations start to open up, the options become more plentiful, and you can start to really uh, put the pressure on the planet player or the creature player. So let's just do a quick look at these. This says take back to your hand this place card and two place cards from your discard pile. Number seven says draw two survival cards, choose one, and discard the second. And those are the special power cards here uh, that I showed you earlier. Number eight is pretty cool because it says move the rescue counter forward one space. So the most this can happen is once per turn, so if three of us play this, it's not going to move through spaces. But it kind of it's a little bit better version of the beach because it happens you know, in one turn. And then here we have number nine is the source, the hunted of your choice. You or another player regains one will or you draw one survival card. So you can help people uh, get some of their will back because you do want to spend the will. I've seen that. That's actually a better if the players aren't so afraid to spend will to pick up cards to keep the creature player uh, bluffing. And then finally here we have the artifact, which is kind of a better version of the river. This says next turn, place two place cards, resolve both cards instead of just one, and then you may not actually copy the artifact because remember if you go here, you can copy uh, where the creature token was, but you can't do that with the artifact. So that's kind of a quick rundown of the game and all the various different cards and things. Okay, so that is Not Alone, and I got to say, the first time we played this was a little bit, I wouldn't say lukewarm, I was just like curious about what just happened. Uh, now, after I played it a couple of times, it really starts to open itself up 
in terms of the story arc that's gonna happen. Now, as I mentioned through the walkthrough, you start with a very sort of narrow focus of locations that the players are gonna realistically go to. Uh, you've really three locations. I mean, you can try to bluff out and uh, you know use the number one location or something like that. Uh, but then it starts to open up and become a little bit more versatile, a little bit more interesting. You're gonna have cooler interactions. You start to get access and play some of the better special cards uh, in terms of the players and the creature itself. And it's really a unique game. I definitely think everybody should at least give this one a shot. Uh, the reviews of the folks that I played it with were always like good to they really liked it. I don't think anybody really hated it, um, but I can see this being kind of a special fit for a lot of people. Because as I said, as I said at the uh, beginning of the review, it's really different. I mean, there's not a game really like this. It reminds me of Theory of Dracula or something like that, one versus many but it's so different. You just have this constant sort of uh, bluffing and guessing, uh, and there's a lot of guessing on the part of the creature, but you, it's, it's, it's educated guessing. I mean, you, you know that they're gonna go to one of probably like five spaces at the end of the game because everybody's kind of got some cards up. Uh, but you can really guess correctly early and, and really put the pressure on the players as you get your marker closer. And so it's kind of like if you're winning early as the creature or the planet, then you're gonna kind of maybe snowball that a little bit. But if you can sort of fight off and, and, and dart around the creatures, then the players will start to get more capabilities. They'll become a little bit more used to that environment of the planet, start to make more use of the different, uh, not technology, but all the different little goodies that they can find and then stall it out enough that they can escape. So I really like that sort of, it's on the creature's weight at the beginning of the game and then it slowly swings in favor of the players. And it's always been really, really close. Uh, you know, whether it's down to like one or two or maybe three, four moves at most, because uh, it, it just, there's like a certain kind of like a momentum that can happen. Now, the one interesting thing about it is the player communication because anything that you want to do you have to communicate out loud uh, right in front of the player. You can't go in the other room and whisper and stuff like that. But there's nothing stopping you, and definitely I think you should be encouraged to make like little verbal cues and stuff and like try to, you know, obviously you don't want to tell each other, okay, you go to the beach, I'll go to number five, and then you get that number six card that you just got on the last turn and play that because the creature's gonna be like, okay, well, I'll just go here. You have to be sort of cat and mouse about it but you can't go in the other room, like I said, and, and talk behind its back. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, and I've seen that be more or less, uh, and I think with more players, it's harder, because it's just, it's like, it's not chaotic in a sense, but it's just too hard to kind of communicate to different players, because maybe you, Billy and Francesca, you've got some kind of secret language worked out, but Bobby over there is like, you know, he's not clued in, so he goes somewhere else and kind of screws everything up. But when you reduce the player count, it, uh, you know, it's a little bit easier to do that kind of funny communication. Now, in terms of the creature side, when, this is this is weird, because I've seen it like play out in a way that, to me, defies math in a way, where we played a full boat and you'd think that like the creature would catch somebody every round, but there would be a couple of rounds, now this is just one game I'm thinking of, where the creature wouldn't catch anybody. <laughs> it was like, wait a minute, there's six other people and you didn't pick? And that's because, you know, there was some doubling down on the same location. So the players weren't really being efficient, but it was making it harder for the creature to actually catch uh, anybody because, you know, 
with six players, you should be able to just like, you know, throw a dart and catch somebody. But again, if people actually do double down, so maybe that's a strategy where if you're playing with more players, it's like, well, let's not spread out. Let's stick together. And yeah, we're all going to go to the beach for pretend. And we only move the marker once, you know, nobody gets any new cards or draws their cards back, but nobody's going to get caught. So that's a very interesting uh, dynamic. And I would certainly give this one a couple of plays. I mean, at least a couple, because like I said, in that first game, we were like, hmm, that was weird. It was kind of guessy. But as you kind of strive to kind of unravel the metagame, like I said, that kind of narrative and, and uh, sort of the, the balance of the arc of that, it gets really, really neat. Uh, definitely one of the most unique games played I've played in a long, long time. So I would definitely, again, encourage folks to at least try this. And it's so different, like I have a hard time saying everybody will like this game. But it was a lot of fun. Once, once I kind of got the hang of it and got into kind of the mind game of it. And I think it's something you want to play with kind of like the same group over and over and over again and have folks take turns playing the, uh, the planet or the creature or whatever, uh, then I would, I would recommend that in that situation for sure. Okay, so that is Not Alone. Thanks. Thank you.